0: Hey everybody and welcome! I'm glad you're tuning in to another session in our series, Making Your Setback Your Comeback. Today we're going to look at making a setback from the difficult circumstances in your life and hopefully making those a bold comeback. We'll be looking at some incidents in the life of the Apostle Paul and get some encouragement from him about how to handle our own difficult circumstances. (coughs) So think for a moment about the difficult circumstances people face and what you might be facing. It could be getting sick or growing older or a job loss, divorce, a failure of some sort, some kind of friend troubles or a midlife crisis, the death of a loved one, uh, lots of difficult circumstances. Keep that in mind as we go through the lesson so that It will be at the forefront when you hear examples and suggestions and strategies to overcome those. So we're going to look at Paul and we're going to look at a period of time when he was traveling around Macedonia to share the gospel and he and his traveling companions found themselves in really difficult circumstances. We're going to see that in the midst of every single thing they faced they found time to praise God. That is our key to getting through difficult circumstances. Always find time to praise God. So let's see what we can learn. We're going to look at three episodes that occur um, at just one right after another and we'll see how this series of, of circumstances provide us some inspiration. So the first one, Um, We're finding in Acts 16, these examples, Paul and Silas uh, are taking this young disciple named Timothy with them and they set off going from town to town instructing believers to follow the decisions made by the apostles and the elders in Jerusalem. Well, as they traveled the churches, they began to get strengthened in their own faith, and they saw what was happening in the lives of others. So I'm going to be reading from Acts 16, verses 6 through 10. They went to Phrygia and then on through the region of Galatia. Their plan was to turn west into Asia province, but the Holy Spirit blocked that route. So they went to Mysia and tried to go north to Bithynia, but the Spirit of Jesus wouldn't let them go there either. Well, proceeding on through Mysia, they went down to the seaport Troas. That night, Paul had a dream. A Macedonian stood on the far shore and called across the sea, Come over to Macedonia and help us. Well, the dream gave Paul his map. We went to work at once, getting things ready to cross over to Macedonia. All the pieces had come together. We knew now for sure that God had called us to preach the good news to the Europeans. Well, we see that Paul was facing a roadblock, wasn't he? It was so interesting that it was God's spirit that prevented him from going. Sometimes those are our own roadblocks that God says, no, you don't need to go in that direction. And so there is a roadblock to getting through something. Well, this is what was happening in the life of Paul and his travelers. They'd planned to go into Asia, but for some reason, the Holy Spirit said, no, you don't need to go that route. And we don't know if they were told through a prophet, a vision, some kind of inner conviction that they had, or in some other way. But the men listened to God. See, sometimes on our journey, in our seasons of difficult circumstances, we, too, encounter a change of plans. We encounter a roadblock, and we also have to take a detour. Have you ever had to take one of those? You know, some, I think back on my life, some of the longest nights of my life have been due to roadblocks and bypasses. Uh, on a trip to Europe years ago, our group was scheduled to take a train from France to Spain. I was so excited about that, and uh, we were going to see some nice countryside, except we were going to be asleep most of the time, but I thought that 's going to be a nice way to, to get where we need to go and We waited and waited and waited for the train to to uh, take off uh, to, to to move and finally, we learned that there was a fire that spanned across the railroad tracks and prevented us from taking the train. Well, (laughs) that was definitely a roadblock, wasn't it? Our group and all of the train passengers had to get off of the train, board buses, and we traveled through the night to get to our destination. We were so sleepy and uncomfortable, and we just longed for our journey to be a different one. you know it's just not fun to deal with roadblocks, but thank goodness we were able to bypass the fire and safely get to our destination so actually, the roadblock was a good thing for us but thank goodness there was a blocked road that that uh that happened long before we got there so that we could make different plans and do a a bypass. Uh, There was a way around that roadblock. That's what we look for, a way around the roadblock. Our leaders had a plan. They helped us change direction. They steered us to our destination, Uh, much like what happened to Paul. I'm so thankful that we ended up having a detour. I'm thankful we didn't set out and get in the middle of a hazardous situation. Sometimes detours and bypasses and roadblocks are the best thing for us. You know, knowing where to travel on our journey and how to get there is one of our biggest challenges. And making a change of direction is often a very important decision in our difficult circumstances. Are we like Paul and Silas and Timothy though? Willing to listen to God's change of plans? Notice how it came to Paul. It says that he, uh, he heard a, in a vision a man tell him, come over to Macedonia and help us. We need your help, this, this person was saying. You know, God guides us to the right places, and he steers us away from the wrong places. And when you have a roadblock to change your plans... Are you to do a course correction to switch gears? Do you do that? Are you willing to do that? To do a course correction and switch gears and to be open to the change. You know, I love the fact that Paul was called somewhere to, to help others, somewhere where his help was needed. Often that's what it takes for us. We, we get uh, going down a path and there's a roadblock, and then we learn our way out, a way out and past the roadblock through that bypass is to help somebody else. Well, do we, are we willing to do those changes or do we start spending time stewing and fuming and doom and looming? You know, if we keep this in mind, what happened with Paul, there just might be a bigger and a better blessing ahead. How we respond to the disappointments and roadblocks reveals our character. Are are you willing to look for the bypass? You know, here's what happened in this dream he had. The scripture tells us the dream gave Paul his map. You see, Paul relied on God and the map plan changed. He received this new map through a vision, a dream. Now, our new map might come in a very different way, but the lesson is, are we willing and ready to change the map plan? Oh, you know, that is so hard for me. I have something in mind that I want to do, a place I want to go, uh, a dream, uh, an idea, uh, whatever it is, and I have it all mapped out in my head. But often I get a roadblock somewhere along the way, and it's often really hard to change that road map. But that's what had to happen with Paul, and often it is the very thing that we need to get around our difficult circumstances to be willing and ready to change the map. Well, we learn in this passage that Paul went to work, look at these next two words, at once. Once getting things ready to cross over to Macedonia. You know, I just love the enthusiasm with which he imp- approached life, that it, he received a new map and he was ready to go at once. Do you know, often we get mired down in the disappointment of the delay or the disappointment of the change of plan, that we get bogged down and we get settled in there, and that becomes our setback. But what Paul did, he says, you know, this isn't going to work. God has explained this to me. It's not going to work. It's not the right way. It's not a righteous way or whatever it is. Fill in the blank for your own difficult circumstances. And what we're encouraged to do through the example of Paul is to at once get ready to cross over. At once get ready to cross over. Wow. Not wasting time in self-pity and doubt and anger and bitterness. Well, sometimes it doesn't look that way for us, does it? We're not at once ready, but we just want to delay and wait and wonder and ponder and wring our hands. But they listened to God and they acted. Paul accepted the change of plans because he was connected to the map maker. That's what we want to be in all of our difficult circumstances. We want to be connected to the one who maps out our lives because he's the one that can give us a course correction. In order to deal with our roadblocks, we need to stay connected to the one who charts our path. Look at what Psalm 139 verses three through five tells us. You chart the path ahead of me and tell me where to stop and rest. Every moment you know where I am you know what I am going to say before I even say it. You both precede and follow me and place your hand of blessing on my head. Wow, knowing that, why would I try to control my map when he's the chart maker? Well, Paul continues to tell us what happened as he began to at once cross over to the to the new plan. He tells us that all the pieces had come together. Isn't that just the best feeling? You have a roadblock, a disappointment, and then you respond you respond appropriately instead of reacting disproportionately, and then things work out for good, for the better. That's what we want. The pieces to come together. He promises us that. It may not look the way we originally had designed it, but they do come together. We, he goes on to tell, tell us in this passage, we knew now for sure that God had called us to preach the good news to the Europeans. See that confirmation? When we do the right thing, when, when our path is blocked, When we are in a difficult circumstance and we have a roadblock and we are stuck and we can't make it through, then all the pieces come together, then what he says is the confirmation is that we know that this is what God's plan for us was. We can be sure we've done the right thing when we follow through with God's plan. So when you set out with intention to fulfill God's purpose for your life, you know you're going to face resistance and encounter roadblocks. They are inevitable. But how do we respond to those? I read this story recently about a woman named Nola Ox. Her husband passed away in 1972, and she figured that she would be gone soon after. Well, for five years, she sat around waiting to die. But then she decided that she was not done. (laughs) She said, oh, there's a roadblock, and I am not through. I'm going around it. And she started living with intention. First, it was tennis lessons, then a few college courses. And soon she was pursuing a bachelor's degree. At age 95, she became the oldest college graduate. Still not done, she earned her master's degree at 98 years of age. Wow, all the pieces came together for her, didn't they? Well, when you come to a roadblock, do you quit and go home or find another way to reach your destination? Let's look at what we learn from uh, Paul uh, uh, from the book of Philippians in chapter 3, verses 13 and 14. He says, I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead, I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Jesus Christ, is calling us. Now, let's learn the lesson from all those things that he mentioned there about how to use the difficult circumstances to get through those roadblocks and bypasses. The first thing he says is I focus on the one thing I focus on the one thing. What is your one thing? What is the issue, the concern, the setback, the roadblock that you need to overcome? What is the one thing you need to do to go around it? The one thing. The second thing he tells us is to forget the past. And by that he means forget the past failures, the hurts, the heartaches that keep us stuck. How many people do you know who who seem to live life looking backward? You know, they count their losses, their regrets, their failures. You know, no wonder they're defeated. These are distractions that just keep people from moving through their issues. And so instead of that, we're encouraged to use these to propel us forward instead of holding us back. Let's use those to to give us this determination to launch ourselves into the next step, the next map that God has planned for us. And that may look different for each individual person. For example, is forgetting the past in your life a matter of forgiving? Is it a matter of letting go of something? Oh, is it a need to ask forgiveness for someone? Or is it something that is blocking you that you just really need to shrug off? You know, like do the shoulder shrug and say, oh, well, and move on and say, this is not stopping me. I am moving on. So forget the past is the second thing. The third is to look forward. It's the idea of keeping a forward fo- focus at all times, and and what Paul is describing here is not just conveniently moving forward, but stretching forward, moving consistently with, uh, which is w- with strain, stretching something that might be very difficult. It's it's moving beyond just a normal movement. It is leaning forward, looking forward, straining ahead, looking toward a future good. And then this uh, beautiful idea he gives us next is to press on. Well, here in the Greek, it, it means to move rapidly and decisively toward an object, to run, to press on, or to chase. Doesn't that flip it on its end? To chase something. You know, I have periods of my life, um, I've had had periods in my life with some really unfortunate circumstances. And and sometimes it would have been so much easier just to sit it out, just to sit out the race, just to, just to fold my hands and to give in and, and give up on any given day it would have been so much easier just to withdraw from people and not to have to be around someone and have a, an uncomfortable conversation or or have to say sad things and it might just be easier just to stay in that cave of sadness but this passage encouraged me to forge ahead to press on to chase on and to keep living forward and trusting God. I'm so thankful that God saw me through those rough times, and he helped me to move on to experience all the blessings he had in store for me. You know, I, I can only imagine the sadness I, I would have experienced and the the lack of blessings in my life I would have experienced if I had given up and given in to any of the tragic circumstances that have happened to me in the past. You know, we have a choice every day. We have every day a decision to make that hopefully will sound like this. I will get up. I will press on. No matter how many obstacles, no matter how many opponents are in my way, I am pressing on I am in for the chase. Well, then look at the end, what he says happens. He says, receive the prize. Well, the prize is at the end of the race when you have successfully moved forward. You've moved on. You've overcome the challenge. You've overcome the setback. See, Paul used his new map, his new roadmap, to immediately move on, and then he said, He entered Macedonia, and he describes that as the prize. He got something better in the end. He got Macedonia, a new area for him to share the gospel story. God gave him a huge blessing in the end. He calls it his prize. What is your Macedonia? What is your place of victory? What is it that you're going to call success, a win, a victory? What, how, what's it going to look like? After you have identified what your difficult circumstances is, it's really important to define what the prize is going to be. You, know, it may not, you may not even know clearly what it's going to be, but you know it's going to be a victory. You know it's going to be a movement toward pe- <clears throat> peace or happiness, or um a, a relationship uh that that maybe has overcome some problems, or maybe it's you, you have succeeded in a weight loss plan or or maybe you have a, a, been able to uh, achieve some accomplishment you've been working on for a long time, or maybe you've learned something new and you get to use that, or it could be a number of things. It doesn't have to be uh, that you have overcome uh, sadness and grief and loss. It could just be that you've had a difficult time in some area, and then you receive the prize because you stuck with it and moved yourself forward what is the one thing and what is the prize? Well, that's the first lesson that we learned from Acts 16. And now um, I want us to look at lesson two. Paul's journey continues and he heads toward Philippi. And we read in Acts 16, verses 13 through 15 on the Sabbath, we went a little way outside the city to a riverbank where we thought people would be meeting for prayer, and we sat down to speak with some women who had gathered there. One of them was Lydia from Thyatira, and she was a merchant of expensive purple cloth who worshipped God. As she listened to us, the Lord opened her heart, and she accepted what Paul was saying. She was baptized along with other members of her household, and she asked us to be her guests. If you agree that I am a true believer in the Lord, she said, come and stay at my house. And she urged us until we agreed. So, Paul now, uh, God now has led Paul and his group to Philippi, and it is in this area called Macedonia. Now, remember, he has identified that as his prize. So on the Sabbath, Paul, Silas, and Timothy went just outside the city to this riverbank, and they thought people might be gathered there. Now, here's what the scripture doesn't tell us, but here's what we know is true for the the cities there. Uh, there. There are arches outside the city of Philippi, and inscribed on the arch is a ruling that is a um, prohibition against bringing any unrecognized religion into the city. So it's as if it says, Don't bring Jesus here. <laughs> oh no, no Christ followers coming in here and preaching the gospel. <laughs> not going to do that. And so he knew that he would not be able to get into the city and preach the gospel as he wanted to do. So as a result, uh, they. They were in a difficult situation. Like, this has been the point. We're supposed to go into Philippi and preach the gospel. So they encountered another roadblock. They couldn't get where they really wanted to go. They couldn't go in. They didn't have access to get their work done. And this time, they had been stopped at the city gate. They had been stopped at the gate. So they couldn't go in. And they decided to have a prayer meeting outside the city walls. (laughs) Talk about making some lemonade out of lemons. That's what they did. They decided to have a prayer meeting. We can't come in. We can't talk Jesus inside the gate. We'll talk Jesus outside the gate. Oh, my goodness. Have you ever been stopped at a gate? Have you ever been denied access to the inside? Well, when I was in college our uh, choir went to Memphis to sing and my roommate and I took off to Graceland to see where Elvis lived. Of course we did. Wasn't that the thing to do back in the 70s? Oh, yes it was. Well, Elvis was still alive then and there was not going to be an option of taking a tour um, because that was his home. So we stood outside the gate. You can just imagine, here we are, two 20-year-olds, 19-year-olds peering in the bars, dreaming of life inside the gate. And before too long, we saw the lights of this golf cart coming down the driveway. Well, we just knew we had been caught doing something terribly wrong. (laughs) And so the security guard got out of the golf cart, and he came ambling toward these two teenage girls. And, And of course, he had to know we were chomping at the bit to get inside Well, he gave us the sad news that Elvis was out of town, and then miracle of miracles, he said, you girls want to ride up the driveway? (laughs) Hot dog, we did. Yes, we did. Back in 1970, we took a trip up Elvis's driveway in a golf cart with a security guard. (laughs) We got inside the gate. You know, we didn't have access. But we found the person who did, and he made it possible for us to go inside. Well, our story with Paul and Lydia is very similar. Paul didn't have access, but he found somebody who did. Let's look at what happened. He found the one who could get inside the gate and begin to tell the good news. Well, have you ever been stopped at a gate and not been given access? What? is the gate. Identify that now. Figure out what is it where have you been stopped short? Where is it that you haven't been able to move forward and given access to something? Maybe it's a difficult relationship and there's a a block of some sort in it. Maybe you haven't been given access to a medical treatment or you haven't been able to get into some kind of friend group or in some kind of relationship with a family member. Whatever it is, what is something that you've been longing for? but has not been fulfilled. Or, or maybe it's this, maybe you've been told something like, nope, you can't do that. Or maybe you've been, said, been told you're not good enough for that. <laughs> You'll never amount to anything. You know, these are all limiting beliefs. Limiting beliefs. That is what many people suffer from. This set of beliefs that they think are true because somebody else has said them. Maybe you've been stopped at the gate of hope with some disappointing news. Maybe you've been stopped at the gate of possibilities by impossible circumstances. Fill in the blank for your gate. What is it for you? You know, when you're stopped at the gate what do you do these These are all the defining moments of our life when we when we have a roadblock or we are stopped at the gate. It's defining because we get to choose whether we're going to work through the circumstances or stay stuck at the gate. What do you do? Do you camp out there or do you find a new way forward? Sometimes we get stopped in our tracks, and we just stay stopped. That gate is closed and locked, and so are we. You know, often we get comfortable living just this side of the gate, don't we? It's a form of self-sabotage. We just say, I'm not going any further. I can't do it anymore. It's not worth it. And often we get content to live in this place, on this side of the gate, because it's comfortable. Well, that is not where Paul was going to live. He was going to make the best of his life just this side of the gate. Well, Paul held a prayer meeting. In just the way God works, Lydia, uh, we call her the purple lady of the Bible, was outside the gate. Paul shared the gospel and Lydia became a follower of Jesus. And get this, she is the first person recorded to have been saved in Europe. Oh my goodness, think back, think back when God changed the map for Paul and Paul got to Macedonia his prize. And now look at what has happened. While Paul was locked out of the city, Lydia was in the right place at the right time. Is it just possible that when we are outside the gate, there's someone there who needs us? Someone we can help? Is that our way forward? It often is. One way to deal with a locked gate is to open the gate for someone else who's locked out. Isn't that a beautiful image? Let me say that again. One way to deal with a locked gate is to open the gate for someone else who's locked out. Can we start thinking in those beautiful creative terms when we are just this side of the gate? that we start looking around and there are other people. There are other people who might need us. There are other people who could benefit from some aspect of our character, our personality. That means we need to look around and go outside of ourselves and think differently about our circumstances. How long long do you stay locked in? If you're going to push through, you have to believe there's something better on the other side. That's what Paul did. He knew there was going to be something better. There's going to be something better on the other side. I just need to figure out how to get there. Well, he's at Philippi. You know, he later wrote a book to the church at Philippi. Look at what happened. Because he was locked out at the gate, he met someone who could help him get into the city and he could begin to build an entire church even though he had been locked out at the gate. You know, I, in coaching people, I've found that people who are resistant to move past their difficulties don't actually move forward until they embrace this reality. The circumstances ahead have to be better than the present circumstances. When people realize that circumstances ahead are actually going to be better than their present circumstances, they begin to move forward. Paul was able to do that. He could have this vision for the future. He knew where he needed to be and what he wanted to do through the power of the Holy Spirit within him. And he knew that the present situation was limiting and he wanted to move forward to a better life, getting to the other side of the roadblock and the blocked gate. Well, we've looked now at those two circumstances when we have roadblocks and and got blocked gates. Now let's look at the role of the culture when it comes to your setbacks. We're going to lesson three now, and it's found as we continue to read in Acts sixteen verses sixteen through eighteen. One day, as we were going down to the place of prayer, we met a demon-possessed slave girl. She was a fortune teller who earned a lot of money for her masters. She followed Paul and the rest of us, shouting, These men are servants of the Most High God, and they have come to tell you how to be saved. This went on day after day after day until Paul was so exasperated that he turned and said to the demon within her, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her, and instantly it left her. Now let's get the setting for this piece of the the story. Fortune-telling was a common practice in Greek and Roman culture, and this girl had the ability to do fortune-telling, but it came from evil spirits. And she made her master rich by interpreting signs and telling people their fortunes. Well, the master was exploiting this young girl for his own personal gain. Well, Paul heard this girl crying out day after day as she shouted that these men were, were servants uh, of God. Well, she was actually stirring up trouble for, for Paul and um, as she was making that, that claim um, that that about them being servants of God and, and she was um, creating a furor there and, and, she, and at the same time she was making a lot of money for her master. Well, the, the demon's claim was true. They were men of God but Paul did not want to link the gospel of the good news of Jesus Christ with demon-related activities and so he could not risk mixing truth and evil. And so eventually he had enough. His choleric personality had had it, and he shouted to the demon, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And instantly the demon left. See, this was another difficult circumstance for Paul. He was facing a culture that was not open to the good news of Jesus Christ. And this this girl, through her fortune-telling, was using evil spirits to begin to proclaim the uh, truth about the men of God. And it was a distortion of the truth. And she was, uh, through this evil spirit, attempting to link evil with good. Well, Paul was dealing with a culture that was full of untruths and evil and justice and Rome, injustice. And Rome was known to be filled with all kinds of decadence and immorality. But he acted boldly in the name of Christ. He faced down evil with truth. He didn't fall prey to lies, even when it was a part of the culture. This was a bold move for him as he stood up, I guess, in the marketplace there, and he shut down the evil spirit. Do you see the goal of the pagans in Rome and Greece was to cancel the culture of Christ? Do you feel as if our culture is trying to cancel the culture of Christ? Let's think about that. Christians today in America are paying unexpected prices for their beliefs There was a teacher in New Jersey who was suspended for giving a student a Bible. There was a football coach in Washington placed on leave for saying a prayer on the field at the end of a game. There was a fire chief in Atlanta who was fired for self-publishing a book defending his Christian moral teaching. There was a Marine court-martialed for pasting a Bible verse above her desk. All of these men and women were trying to promote biblical principles and they paid a price. Sounds like the biblical times of Paul, doesn't it? And then let's look back over the last few weeks at images we've seen of Christians in Afghanistan who were not able to leave during the evacuation. Many of them were turned away at the gate. Many of them had to take detours They experienced roadblocks. They were getting canceled by their culture. They were taking their families and moving to new hiding places every few hours to get away from Taliban fighters who knew of their conversion from Islam to Christianity. And today, many are still waiting for some country to rescue them or find them a way across a border. Their beliefs are against what their culture tells them is right. We need to pray for these valiant followers of Christ as they deal with their own roadblocks and as they are stopped at many gates. Paul was helping people fight against their, the lies of their own culture. What lies from the world might you believe today? You know, the Bible teaches us that we have our identity in Christ and in Him alone, and this was Paul's message to the Gentiles. You know, he was telling them that no matter what the culture says you are, and who the culture says you are to be, and how you are to believe, and what you are to profess, you find your identity in Jesus Christ. So when we find our own difficult circumstances and we're facing a roadblock or we're locked at the gate and we feel discouraged and worthless and lonely or rejected, it's time to remind ourselves that we too have an identity in Christ. And it's one of hope and joy and peace and love. And it's not one that keeps us stuck. You know, no matter what the world tells us, no matter what the culture tells us is right, it's the Word of God that tells us how to be in our ordinary circumstances and in our difficult ones. Paul goes.